Hey everyone, welcome back to the Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. My name is Marcus Ionescu and I'm your host, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Danny Valian. Danny, how's it going, man? Good, man. It's going great. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for I know thanks for agreeing to be on here. Yeah, I know we talked course. about it a couple of months ago, uh, even before I started releasing episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, via a uh, reference from our good friend Mark Moldovan. Yeah. So um, there are certain things that, that, yeah, love him too. Love him too. I, how, how how can you not? Yeah. Basically, I think that's the question we got to ask ourselves. He brought the term Hallelujah over here. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and it's it's being over. It's being used. And it, the best part about it, and we'll get into this, but we know with these gatherings sure. that we have, you have one person that you've never met in your life from the from like the opposite side of the country right. says hallelujah yeah, and then man. like everyone turns their heads like okay i know I, I get that <laughs> reference i know who said that right and it's like an instant like glue of like community that we have with one another 100%. because because yeah. of those uh statements so thank you mark for that um hopefully you're still listening to these and not just your own uh <laughs> um but yeah danny thank you for being here i know this is uh something you know we, we drafted short notice it's uh i caught you in town at the right time for a nice yeah, yeah. good old volleyball tournament so it's nice that you're here and today we're going to talk about a few things but before we jump into that um why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself like a brief intro yeah in case if people don't know you and then yeah. we'll get started into the episode my name is daniel valin i am from phoenix arizona actually i'm my I'm, you know i'm family with andrew valian he's my cousin episode I, four by the way guys episode, episode, four. <laughs> <laughs> episode four yeah so yeah i'm from from phoenix cousins with andrew pretty tight with andrew so i come here pretty often and, um, you know, Mark was telling me how you were setting up this podcast as well. And I thought, man, that's so cool. I love unique ministries that the Lord could use and work to reach people in different ways, right? It's not just being a worship leader, or just saying in Dems or preaching in church. There's so many different ministries. And, man, I, I love it. I love it. I heard you've been killing it, dude. Uh, I was actually on the way here. I was looking through some of the episodes. I didn't get a chance to listen fully to one yet, but some of the, the one with Andrew was really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. Yeah, and I, I like his conviction to discipleship with the younger generation. I oh, think that yeah. was such a powerful episode. And um, it, it, we were actually planning on talking to something about something else. And then when he walked in that day, he was like, you know, God put it on my heart to talk about this, about discipleship. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I was a little bit nervous at the beginning. I'm like, okay, I didn't prep for that. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Discipleship is something I always talk about with like in my inner circles yeah. about things like things that we need that we lack in our community. So we went into that you know, uh, just completely raw and without much prep, but we really, uh, just poured out our hearts into that episode and and what we need to see in this community. So I'm happy with that. I, when was it? Maybe two months ago, a month and a half ago when I was over here, I was with, uh, my cousin and with Mark. It was literally right after Michigan, actually, when Mm -hmm. I was here in town, I saw you and Benny and I saw you know, other other youth getting together after service and just wanting prayer, man. 15, 20 minutes of prayer, but people were just raw and real. And you were just so convicting when you were speaking about, like, guys, we're here. Let's not just waste this. Let's actually just be real and honest. And I love that. Dude, I for one thing, I could honestly always connect to somebody who's just real and honest, just being honest and real, not not some facade or, or you know, type of, of mentality, trying to always be something bigger, but just being honest, man. That's That's something I love. Thank, thank you, man. I yeah. appreciate that. I, I, and I, I probably wouldn't go on this if, if this weren't, if you didn't sure, just mention this, sure. but, um, 
I appreciate it because it's something that I actively try to do. I try to be real. Yeah, yeah. I try to, you know, Luke 18 says, those who um, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who are humble will, will be exalted. Yeah. So I just, and everything that I do, especially with this project, because, I mean, you know how it is, as we're going to talk about a little later, uh-huh. but you know how it is like as a worship leader when you're always on stage or or one of the one of the coordinators for this uh, Make Jesus Known yeah. or, or the gatherings. You know, people know you, people know who you are, they know your face, they, they know you even though you don't know them. And then they look up to you and you can get to a certain point where uh, pride starts to build up and you start yeah. thinking highly of yourself like, oh, I put this all together. Oh, I did all of this. Where in fact, it was God who worked through us. Oh, 100%. So I, I really appreciate that because like I try my best and I'm sure you do the, and you know the rest of the people out there, we try our best to be humble about um, all of our quote unquote you know, our accomplishments, right, but it's usually right. God's accomplishments through his vessels, which yeah. we are. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. You know, very it's much. Some, and like something ironic about pride. Um, you could work so hard to humble yourself and not be prideful. And then you could be, get to a point where you're so humble that you become prideful about how humble you are. Yeah. Like it's this, it's this loop of nonstop battle. And I was actually even talking to Andrew on the way here. We were just talking about just, Man, just really humbling yourself, and, and especially in, in areas like this where, where these gatherings are now starting to become something bigger than we ever expected. It started as something small in, in Georgia where a group of 20, 30 people wanted to get together. And then just they just wanted Jesus, and then from there, convention got canceled because of COVID, so everybody met in Florida. Small gathering from there just turned into a worship night that the Lord just worked, and that went viral, and then from there, just building up and moving, you know? And... You see L.A. had a great impact, especially in my life. L.A. had an an insane impact. And then you see over here, Seattle. Uh, Next is Phoenix. It's just I've been trying to sit down. uh, Andrew and Ben and I, we've been kind of talking and just figuring these things out and trying to see what's the vision for this, man? Like, what's the vision for everything that's happening? Because this happened and sprouted so organically. You could almost argue... Well, you can argue that this is a new breed of convention. And I'm not going to put the title of convention on these because I don't believe it is. But it's a new breed. It's a new breed of gathering. It's a new type and style of gathering where people are sick of the, I don't know, I guess the formula of a gathering. And they just said, okay, let's just have Jesus, man. Something simple. We get together, volleyball, spike ball, hang out. And then at night, let's praise and worship, man. You know, it's something simple. It's nothing overcomplicated. You know what's funny? Because uh, uh, so for those of you listeners out there, the previous episode was is Jason Koshman's episode, but we are recording on the same day. Um, and I was just talking to him a couple of minutes ago about all these gatherings. We were mm-hmm. saying like one thing we were hoping was like, man, I hope it doesn't get like too organized. I hope yes. I hope it doesn't because we as Romanians and not just Romanians, just people in general, when you're putting something together, right. typically every time you do it, you try to build it, you try to add something new to it, like spice it up, yeah. add some structure, do do this. But I feel like how organic it was it was just it was awesome like you said yeah, meeting together i mean i've never played so much volleyball in my life like dude, this last weekend but i love it my shoulder checked out bro like it's been hurting ever since the volleyball games man but having that and then like a night doing the spontaneous worship and and it, now that we're talking about seattle i i gotta say like my favorite night was probably monday night oh me too that, that was awesome hallelujah bro that and not because like 75 percent of the people went home already but like, <laughs> but like we had a group of like 30, maybe 40 max people around one bonfire pit as opposed to like 30, 40 people per bonfire pit mm-hmm. um, on the previous nights. But you had a smaller, more intimate group where you're, you know, worshiping together. And then to be honest, we didn't even spend that much time worship uh, singing. It was mostly no. just sharing testimonies, encouraging one another, praying for one another. 
And I just, I just thought that was so powerful. And I, I see people who people I've never met people from yeah. other parts of the country who are going through things that are, you know, I, I never would have imagined. And it encouraged me so much, like how God has worked through their lives and how God has kept me, you know, yeah. protected all these, all these, all these years. So I don't know. I, that was my personal favorite. Yeah, night. Yeah, I just yeah. loved Mine it. Mine too. Dude, this is what's insane about Monday night. I'm still in shock by it. But Monday night, I literally, I couldn't explain into words just how mind blown I was because the week prior, I, I ended up flying about a week and a day earlier to go and set up because there was so much to set up with the worship um, audio equipment, right? Because we had, we literally had an X Air, um, a Behringer X Air. It's one of like a smaller bottom line mixer, which had a very kind of a, a cheaper software on it and it had 18 channels on it, right? And two big speakers, and that's it. We had maybe a few. XLR cables and some wired mics. Bro, to lead a, a gathering with just that equipment, I didn't know what I, I was getting myself into. In LA, the Lord convicted me saying, hey, go talk to Ben, because he asked me a few weeks before, and I said, hey, I'll pray about it. If I want to help out with this, I was like, I really don't want to. I was really out of my comfort zone. I was like, ah, I'm scared to set up something like this, and I explained it on Monday. Had to do with, I'll get more into this later, but had to do with fear. But when I said yes, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And when I got there, I was so happy I came a week and a half earlier because, dude, there's so much work to do. And I was remember I remember when I was talking to him before we started setting up a bunch of stuff, I was telling him, like, man, this gathering, the vision that the Holy Spirit's been putting on my heart specifically has to do with vulnerability. Just being vulnerable, real, and raw. And for us, if we have this ability to set up this environment, I feel like the Lord is pushing me, and I believe the Lord is pushing me to push this culture of vulnerability and just raw honesty. No more facades, no more fakeness, no more convention vibes. A lot of people were saying this is convention vibes. And at first I laughed about it, but after a little bit, I started rebuking. I was like, no, man, this is not convention vibes. We're not going to do just the same thing. We come, play volleyball, have an emotional high, and then we go home. You know, it has to be, there has to be something more than that. And so I remember I kept pushing, man, vulnerability, vulnerability, vulnerability. And then that Monday night, I could not have put a better image as to the vision that the Holy Spirit put on my heart. That right there, that bonfire, 50, 60 people max that were there, just, we had some soft worship songs that were just, nobody, not everybody knew all the words to, we were just, it was very soft, Phil spoke a little bit, convicted, uh, the Holy Spirit convicted people through Phil, and four girls, this is what stuck out to me the most, four girls opened up about their eating disorder, uh, the day, or the night after Estera opened up about her eating disorder and her struggle and how the Lord brought her up, which... I'm still amazed by that because that's such a bold thing to do, especially in the Romanian community, to ex to admit you had an eating disorder and you had these things. That's not something that's talked about. And so you saw the Lord work and use that that boldness and that raw vulnerability from her and to these other girls who at the bonfire, they started speaking up about um, a good friend of mine. She And I don't want to, I'm not going to say names, but a good friend of mine that was there, she opened up and she said, I got in so much of a, whole with this eating disorder that it took me to the hospital like she was she literally went to the hospital and so and to really be raw and explain that that just that's such a tool that somebody could use against you and for her to be bold and say okay I don't care I want to be honest and this is who I am this is what I was struggling with and Lord delivered me from that hallelujah bro I was amazed yeah was we, amazed. and we see the power of change it's by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony exactly exactly and that's where we see it and having someone like you said, you know, the girl the first night step up and and say that testimony about something that's very personal. I think there, there are certain sins that are, you know, s sin is the same. So how I think of sin is like 
how I think of like a grade in a, in a, in a class. Yeah. Like you can get a 65% in a class and still like fail. Right. And you can get a 25% in class and still fail. But 65% and 25% are not the same thing. Right. But they both make you fail. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see sin. And there are certain things that, that come with, I mean, and I think this is, it comes with a lot of demonic oppression, but there are certain things that come with so much shame and, like you said, vulnerability that it's hard to share. Very. And w- when you release that, when you when you share your testimony, not only does it lift up that weight from you, but it, it, it encourages and uh, just enc- encourages others to do so yeah. as well. And we, that's how we saw the following night where, um, you know, for, I think a few girls from different parts, like mm-hmm. we didn't, you know, from different parts of the United States come and share the same exact testimony. Bro, it was crazy. It was awesome. I'm still like, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Not gonna lie. Like right now, I'm just, I'm baffled by it because I've talked to my little sister and I've talked to other f- close friends of mine who have explained this, bro, Romanians could be brutal. Romanians could be so brutal. They could, they could... They could hurt each other really hard mm-hmm. and relentlessly just hitting each other as hard as they possibly can with the worst possible weapon they could, they could find. And something that I really, really want to push is this culture of if somebody's opening up, we pray. If somebody's opening up, if somebody is is really struggling, man, we help each other. We don't push each other down. We don't say, oh, well, why are you struggling with that? Right? Galatians 6 has been on my heart for the longest time. One through two. Galatians 6, 1 through 2 speaks about personal burdens. Carry each other's personal burdens. Come close to each other. But, you know, um, Paul warns us, hey, be careful not to fall in that sin, but help each other out. Help you carry each other's uh, burdens. And then 3 to 5, he speaks about congregational burdens. Congregation as a whole. If, uh, if you know, if, uh, man, I don't want to butcher this verse. Where was it? It was, uh, if, if. I have the thing pulled up. So what verse is it? What, what, what book in one verse? So speaking about Galatians 6, but this is another uh, area where, uh, in scripture where, I, I don't know who says it, but if if there's a season to cry and there's a season to laugh, if somebody's crying, we're all going to be crying with them. If they're laughing, we're all going to be laughing with them. Absolutely. I don't yeah. know where that's from. I'm not going to butcher it. Don't worry about it. All right. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I literally said Adam lived 906 years old, but he ended up living 930. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do about that. It's, it's out there for the public. So for those of you who are rebuking me, uh, I, I take that full on. I should have done my research, but same thing. Nine, if you, I mean, if I, I wouldn't mind living 906 years old, you know, it's, it's just that's as long wild, in my book, but, but yeah, you're right. I think that's, um, yeah, six, it was Galatians six to bear one another's burdens. Right. To, so, Galatians and so fulfill the law of Christ. Exactly. And we have to understand that right now, this has to start with us. If we want this culture of really being vulnerable with each other, honest with each other, and really caring for each other, then we have to start shifting that, right? It's really awesome to go to this mountaintop experience a weekend in Seattle or a weekend in LA and you go and have this really emotional high, spiritual high with Jesus. And in that moment, it's so nice because you could be vulnerable and so easy and everything like that. But when you go back home, it's so much more difficult because we're going right back into the old just way of things, whether it's toxic environment or wherever it may be. We have to understand that that change has to start with us and it's scary. It's very scary to open up. I have this thing that I, I really, the Holy Spirit really convicted me of a few years back because I was never really one to be vulnerable and share about my struggles because I was so scared. I would always compare myself to others and I had always had this image to uphold because it's just, that's how, that's what I grew up learning. You know, monkey see, monkey do. I see our, my parents, very honorable people and they, they like to be, they like to show themselves as good, honest, honorable people. And I love that. But I took that to an extreme and I was just like, no, I'm not going to share anything. I would compare myself to others. I always 
try to be the best I possibly can, but the moment somebody else was a little bit better than me, I'll get in my head, compare myself, and just put myself down, right? And I started having to really understand that if I wanted to overcome that, I needed to be really and vulnerable with God and be honest with others as well, right? And so what I did is I started asking God, okay, God, what do you want me to do? How, how can I be vulnerable? What does that mean? And I remember the Holy Spirit convicting me and saying, my vulnerability with Jesus right? Me being honest and real and me very vulnerable with Jesus is one of the greatest tools, greatest weapons that the enemy could use against it. Or, sorry, that Holy Spirit could use against the enemy, mm-hmm. right? And it's just that changed my whole perspective and my whole walk with Christ from there. And I started realizing with me just being honest with myself, I'm, I'm just ripping the bandaid off and realizing, okay, I'm not going to waste time in here. I'm going to fix this and move on because I'd rather not dwell on something and have a false hope or a lie to myself, but I'd rather realize where I'm wrong, realize what I need to fix, fix it and move on. You know, that's, that's how we grow. I always ask this question, what is the Lord trying to teach you in this season? Right? At least for me, I always ask myself that. And I'm always being very honest with uh, God and saying, if I really am struggling with something like discipline, I tell God, God, I really suck at this right now. Like, and uh, so this is really funny and I'm kind of going off a a tangent, but Andrew and I, we, we always call each other up and we catch up with each other and kind of encourage each other, you know? And it's really funny because Andrew is so good at being able to just read and study scripture and he could read for an hour or two hours easily. I am the opposite, man. I am so, like, I could sit down and just talk to God, just have my time with God for an hour, an hour and a half. I'll just talk to him. I'll just listen, just worship. I could do that easily. But when it comes down to sitting down and reading scripture, memorizing scripture, man, that's the hardest thing for me. And it's so funny how we're opposites in that spectrum. And it's it's so cool to see how he pushes me to read and I, I, we just push each other a lot in that area. Um, and just be vulnerable with each other. Like, I didn't know that about him until he started opening up and saying, man, I really suck at this. This is really a big struggle for me. I'm like, that's crazy because I really suck at this, you know? And the moment we started being really honest and real and no more superficial conversations, that's when our, our not only our relationship started developing, but because we were honest with each other and we realized, wow, we're both struggling, we're going to push each other, we started growing in our walk with Christ. We started challenging each other in our walk with Christ. That vulnerability is so important, not only to personal burdens, but as, con- as a congregation, especially as a leader, we have to understand that we cannot just try to bear some image all the time. Yeah, there's certain things that, you know, you can't just share everything with everybody. Absolutely, yeah. Right? But... We can't just put up an image and act like the perfect person, the perfect leader, right? We have to understand that, okay, we're all going to have struggle. And a leader, I have so much respect for a leader who goes and is raw with this congregation or whoever he's leading and is telling him, look, this is who I am. At times I struggle with this, right? And I'm going to be real and honest. And he goes and, and fights the good fight and shows that, okay, there's going to be seasons where he falls. There's seasons where he is victorious in that area and, and working on that consistency, I have so much more respect for leaders like that rather than somebody who just acts tough and just good and holy all the time, if that makes sense. You know? No, I get it. You know, and it's funny that you you brought this up because I think this is a perfect like part two on what I talked about Jason before. So so for those of you listening, Jason's episode comes out a week before Danny's, but we I recorded Danny's five minutes after I ended with Jason. So you have no idea what we just talked about. You just know the topic. Yeah. But it's crazy that you're talking about certain things that we addressed. Oh, huh. uh, like vulnerability was a big thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it was one of the uh, pros to the remaining community that we have here together that we grew up knowing one another mm-hmm. and were able to be vulnerable with with uh, with one another as well. And you, like you said, you, you started out with Andrew, your cousin, you know, yeah. someone you're a little closer to. But then 
having that relationship that helped you grow other relationships relationships with other people yeah. and it eventually led to uh you sharing your testimony to a group of about 40 people monday night at the bonfire mm-hmm. and then now here uh, on a podcast with hopefully more than 40 listeners <laughs> uh, but but we're growing we're growing yeah. it's, it's it's easier to to open up and i think that's such a great uh strength that we have in in this community that we can open open up about our struggles and uh i like what you said about that leader being able to open up i think that's something that um you know the bible tells us that when it comes to like pastorship right when you're mm-hmm. a pastor uh there are certain qualifications and i agree with that i think there's a certain image you do have to maintain sure. but don't worship the image exactly. don't don't exactly. be so caught up in that image where that's that's all that matters don't 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 be afraid to break down a little bit to help someone else out mm-hmm. and i feel like um, as soon as we start uh, idolizing that image of ourselves, that's when we're kind of drawing away from Christ. But yeah. if we have that, like you said, no facade, real, true person on the inside with a godly heart, and we're trying to connect with one with uh, our congregation, yeah. I think that's something that's not only uh, not only that we can respect, but that's a person that we want to be like as well. Sure. Yeah, that's it's it's very important, man, and that's something even I was discussing with Ben because. For Seattle, we both kind of, something that I was pushing, and this is just how my mind works best, is I need to know what is the vision, what am I trying to accomplish, and then everything else will start following, right? And it's very similar with Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and all shall be added to you. My mindset is, okay, what is the end goal? What am I trying to accomplish? And then I start figuring out all the steps to it. And so I remember I was talking to Ben, Ben Buca, who, when we were setting up this this event, I was talking to him, and his, his vision had something in a similar boat, and maybe I'm going to be paraphrasing, not exactly verbatim what he said, but he really wanted this to be open to everybody. We're going to be speaking in English because it's about, it's about Jesus. It's about having not only just Romanians, but a lot of different people, a lot of different uh, Americans, Ukrainians, Russians, and there were tons of Ukrainians and Russians over there as well. And we were discussing that vision and we were discussing how at the same time, he he wants us to understand. Okay, look, this is the this is the future. We need to start investing and building up each other, right? And then that segued perfectly into what the vulnerability aspect of it. And uh, it was amazing, man. It was amazing because I got out of my comfort zone like crazy. I I really didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this, and I could go briefly over. I mentioned this at the bonfire Monday night, but I really didn't want to do the Seattle gathering. Uh, ben asked me a few weeks prior to that. And I was like, I wasn't going to do it, honestly. I I was like, yeah, I'm going to pray about it. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. Um, like, do uh, In what sense? Like leading it or like, like showing up? To help establish it and make, establish it, make it. it happen. Okay. Because he needed help with the worship and, and with just kind of a lot of different things. And he wanted me to help out with that. Because uh, we met in Florida mm-hmm. before that. And we were talking about the vision of his vision for Make Jesus Known. And then I was telling him about the ministries that the Lord is been brewing in me over here in Phoenix in terms of uh, just worship nights and in terms of really working with some of the youth around there. And uh, it was just really funny how that went into him. Hey, do you want to help out with this? I was like, ah, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't think about it. I'll pray about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I'm terrified. Like I was terrified about it because I'm a perfectionist. Just, that's just one of my struggles is I'm a perfectionist. And if I can't do something really good I just avoid it mm-hmm. it's just some a tendency that I have and I hate it because there's a lot of missed opportunities you could have with that but it, I, I like to challenge myself I like to go do stuff but if I've done something and I understand what something entails before 
and I look at it and I was like, oh, that's tough. That's really hard. And I knew close to 400 people showed up in LA. I was like, shoot, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to go and try to set something up and then embarrass myself in front of 400 people. And so I was terrified to do it. And so I just, I blindly said yes, because I felt convicted by the Holy Spirit in LA. So I went up to him. I told him, hey, Ben, Holy Spirit told me we're going to work together on this. I'm, I'm going to work with you, whatever you need, we're going to do it. And then it was that, that was it. And I left. About a few days later, I called him and I said, uh, I think he called me or I called him. And we're just like, okay, what's the, what's the first step, man? What are we doing now? He's like, okay, awesome. Let's get to work. And then from there, just kind of discovering what equipment we had, setting up the worship team, setting up all these different things. And it was an amazing experience because I learned a ton. I learned what not to do and what to do and how to be a lot wiser and more efficient with certain decisions and, and, uh, just certain areas, how to not go in that area and not mess with these things because it's just, it's better off just let those happen organically. Right. And so it was just really fascinating to see how the Lord worked in that sense, teaching me, but at the same time, he used Seattle in my life and I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable here. I'm going to be very raw here. He used my, uh, Seattle in my life because I was going through just a very rough season. This, this whole year has been a battle and just the Lord's put me out of my comfort zone like crazy. But the last about two months has been a more of a rough season in my life, you know? And so the Lord used Seattle as a way to get my, pretty much get myself back on my feet. It was almost like a boot camp, dude. I got stretched so thin because I would be going to sleep at like four in the morning. You know, we'd be hanging out with everybody. I'd come work on some stuff for the sound and then go go to sleep late, wake up at like eight, nine, go get some more stuff taken care of with the sound and then go and hang out with everybody because everybody's hanging out. And so I did this for like a week straight and I was just, there's times where there's attacks from the enemy, um, you know, just, oh, you're not good enough. You're not going to do this. You're going to mess up. Look, you're going to look like a fool. Just attacks in so many different ways, other ways of like, oh, you're not good. Like, like, who are you to do this? What's just so many different things trying to put me down. And then just other, other areas that just the enemy was trying to hit me in. And at the same time, Ben was just overwhelmed with work. He was working full time and he's trying to deal with this on the side as well. And I was trying to work with him and trying to not overwhelm him, but we needed a lot of stuff for the sound. And as we were doing this and setting everything up, you just see him so overwhelmed and stressing out. And he's an overthinker like me. So there was church politics involved before at other events that he's done. And so he was stressing out. I'm oh, in. It's like, I hope there's no politics. I don't, there's nothing here like this. I don't want things to go wrong. And he was just overwhelmed a lot. And so it was so interesting that when I was down, he was there to lift me up. And when he was down, I was there to lift him up. Right. And so it just, it worked so well. And I was so blessed to work with him because he is such a, such an awesome guy to work with. He's so He's, he's firm in what he wants, but he's so open to new areas where the Holy Spirit's leading, right? Like if I had an idea and I brought it up to him, he's like, okay, what's it take to do? Let's do it, right? And if I brought, if he had an idea, he would bring it up to me. He's like, what do you think about this? I was like, awesome, let's go. And we we're just very open, open in that sense. And from there, we just see everything got set up, the lights, just the backboard, the backdrop. We set, ended up building a stage out of crates, out of uh, pallets, actually, for the drums because it was super wobbly and, and all over the place. And I was like, just everything happened so last minute, so natural. We're just like, this is a problem. We try to figure out a solution. We threw an idea, and it worked. It was just so cool. And then from there, they had some extra rugs. So I'm like, oh, let's just toss the rugs over here. And then after a little bit, after just little by little, just setting up all these little things, figuring out those little problems, we step back and we look at each other and we're like, dude, this actually looks cool. Like, this is awesome. We did not expect it to turn out that way. Honestly, I thought it was going to be like just those lights in a circle and some janky uh, setup on the grass. Like I didn't think it was going to be anything good. 
And the Lord just blew my mind with what he did with something as simple as just saying yes. Right. And it's nothing like, oh, look at me, look what I did it. But it's more of look how scared I was to do it. And the Lord took just like Gideon. I felt like such a Gideon yeah. this, this whole weekend, man, where I was just doubting myself. I just didn't think I could do it. And when the Lord said, hey, go do this, you're going to do this, just do this. I just, okay, let's go. It was just kind of like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. And the Lord took it and just did amazing stuff, man. Amazing stuff. One of the most raw, just, I guess, intimate moments that Ben and I had over here setting it all up was when I started bringing all the equipment down to the field. And it's a ton of equipment. Two big speakers, a bass amp. You got a bunch of mics. You got the big mixer, which is heavy. You have to carry it with two people. So when we were carrying all that stuff down, man, it, it took like a good 30 minutes just to carry all the stuff, all the equipment and all the drums and everything. And I remember sitting the, the mixer down. And I remember I hitting this point where doubt hit me so much. And I asked Ben, I looked at Ben. I was like, Ben, is this still worth it, man? Like what we're doing right now, is this worth it? Him and I, like we just both said, I don't know. At this point, it's God has to take it because we don't know. We're just, we just got to say yes. It was, it was like, I'm, I'm getting a little bit emotional about that because it's so. It was such a, a, a intimate time because we were both in such a struggle at that moment, and we both knew that it's it's not up to us anymore. This God that we're giving it our best, you have to take it from here, or else it's going to be nothing. It's going to be junk. You know? That's awesome, man. It was it was wild. That's crazy and wild experience. One thing I got to say about Seattle, and I, I loved LA. I think LA was great. I love the, you know, it's obviously I live here, and then we we had cool times at the beach and then the the worship setup was awesome but Mm -hmm. one thing i loved i mean i love seattle even more if i had to say and a lot of it is on the a lot of it is how and i I don't want to say a lot of it is how what you guys did is a lot of it is how god worked through you guys through you through ben through ben's family through the seattle youth who were there not only setting up or cleaning up water i I mean they were cleaning up water bottles every single day they were and then i even saw a post a couple days ago where they were tearing down everything back in seattle when we're all back home so Seeing all of that, how so many people were just inspired by the Holy Spirit to like serve the rest of the people yeah. coming in town, the guests, uh, it was just amazing. And I love the setup. I mean, I, th- I think having multiple bonfires, being out outdoors, not only obviously for the COVID thing, but just, I don't know, it just felt more intimate. It felt more yeah. like you're in touch with God. And it you're, feels you're, organic. Yeah. And you see the scenery, you see, I don't know, it was just it was one of my favorite experiences this year, definitely. Yeah. There's not much to compare it to, but um, I don't know. I, I'll take that over any other convention, any yeah, other gathering. Too, I, I just, uh, you know, on behalf of myself and hopefully on behalf of like the other 400 people who are there, uh, like we were much appreciative of the work that you guys put in Praise there. And, Jesus, and I was talking man. to Ben when I, Ben Boca, uh, when I first got there and he's like, Man, Danny's been here for like almost two weeks, and he's been helping nonstop. Like he's one of the hardest working people I've ever met. I'm oh, like, man. I'm like Hallelujah. for sure, man. God's praise good. God, praise God's God, good. praise God that he's that, that God put it on his heart for him to work in this ministry. But um, it's great. Hopefully, hopefully we yeah. can do some more stuff. Oh yeah, going forward. Bro, Phoenix 2021. 2021. Uh, yeah. So the dates are still in the works right now, but we're aiming towards New Year's. New Year's. And, okay. Yeah. So the idea is we want to do a worship night. Out of 2020 into 2021, just worshiping Jesus. Praising God that he got us through this exactly, year. Exactly, bro. Yes. This year has been, on top of all the the stuff happening with COVID, with the fires, with everything, man, just for me personally, this year has been one of the toughest. I've, I've been so out of my comfort zone. And I remember the Lord brought about a year ago, this October, the Lord um, called me out of my old church where I was heavily, heavily involved. And he just put me in a season of just, hey, stand still. 
and just wait for me. And man, going from a, a like a place in my life where I was literally at church every single night doing something, guitar lessons, leading worship, youth night, doing sound, whatever it may be, to literally going and doing nothing and just saying, and just the Lord's just saying, wait on me and just seek me, just spend this time with me. Bro, it was, it was, I don't, it was such a culture shock at that moment. Yeah, for Romanians especially, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so then just a, a season, it was just a lot of, it was, at least that six months, it was a season of healing. The Lord was healing a lot of uh, things in my life and just molding me and shifting me in a lot of different areas. And it was just so interesting, so funny because I, Remember, I, I was praying, like, God, I want to see, what's the gospel? Like, what is your true gospel? I want to see physically what your gospel is. And ever since then, I've just been getting to know different people through these gatherings. I've traveled more than I've ever have because of COVID this, this year. It's just been fascinating to see that. And the Lord brought me out and got me in touch with people like you, like people like uh, uh, Mark, People like Ben and and just getting to know these people. I got to know CJ, Caleb, and and Ruben Vedish from Chicago really closely. I've known these guys for years, and it was funny because we always joke about this. I've known CJ and Caleb for years, but all our literally also our relationship, all it was, we'd meet up for conventions, play volleyball, smack talk each other, and then dip. Like that was it. <laughs> that was literally it. And it's hilarious. The last two months, I've gotten to know these guys deeply, and I love them. They're brothers to me and you just see how the lord is wrecking them and working and investing in them and just it's so amazing to see these things you know what i love about the gatherings that we have versus like a convention now i'm not like i'm not a convention hater i think it's it's cool that we have like an organized time of worship Mm -hmm. preaching getting together you have certain things going on through conventions plenty too absolutely and i think but i think the problem is like you said it's a formula it happens twice a year if you're including the youth conference and then the big convention and then like you said we go there, there's a spiritual high, and then we die down. And then we go there expecting a spiritual high, we get it, and then we die down. Yeah. And then it's just this never-ending cycle where there's not much growth because it's just, I don't want to say peaks and valleys because our spiritual life does have peaks and valleys, but mm-hmm. it's very stagnant, right? We're not growing. But the fact that we have these, and, and, and I don't think I don't think this has much to do about occurrence, how often we have these, because obviously we had like, what, four straight gatherings this summer almost every <laughs> month. So, that, so that, yeah. that's kind of a lot, and yeah, that's, that is. that's kind of unreasonable to expect going yeah. forward. But the fact that it's much more intimate and we're kind of keeping in touch and continuing the relationships mm-hmm. that we have built. I was talking with Jason uh, in the previous episode. Like we have, we have the opportunity to to connect with one another from all over the world. Oh, I mean, yeah. w- there was that whole Bonariu case where the, where the, the mm-hmm. kids were taken, and I mean, every Romanian from across, not even the United States, across the world, protested, got together. I mean, we we met up in San Francisco for the big one, and we we walked th- all through the piers, like thousands of us. And it's so crazy how we have this advantage to our size, the spiritual advantage, and we don't always use it. But I yeah. think this is the year when we were, you know, cut off from everything else. We're staying home. Right. We're kind of rethinking. Like you said, you were there was some spiritual healing going on in your yeah, life. Yeah. This is the year where we reevaluated our lives and we were able to say, like, no, this is how we need to do it. This is how we spend these gatherings. Uh, go there, have some fellowship, have some fun, and then an unplanned bonfire service. Like, I mean, yeah. that Monday night was just to be like, Hey, Ben was even, wasn't even planning to having people no. over. He's like, Oh, I guess you guys can come over. I, I thought everyone <laughs> would be out of town by now, but since you guys are here, just come over, whatever. Yeah. We'll start a fire somewhere. We started a fire on top over there, but the wind blew. So we moved the fire down there, mm-hmm. got together and then we just started singing and then boom, like those testimonies came. So I think it was so nice, organic. And yeah. I think oh, the big man. key is just keeping, keeping it together. Even if you're not having it very often, but 
keeping those relationships together, oh, like you 100%, said. 100%, 100%. And I think this is the perfect time to, I mean, things are starting to get back to normal a little bit now that, you know, COVID's hopefully passing. But I think that's so crucial, man. That's so crucial. Um, keeping in touch with, with these guys and even... Um, some you know I mentioned CJ. I never expected myself to get tight with CJ, and yet him and I we've been like maybe once every two weeks, three once every, even once a week. Sometimes we Facetime each other, just catch up. Like, what's up, man? How you doing? How's how's things going? And we Snapchat with Caleb. I was just keeping in touch with Caleb right now, and he was showing me his project. He literally went to sleep at eight this morning because he was finishing up a project for for school. And it's so cool to get to know these guys on a deeper level because all I always knew, and I just had this prejudice on oh these are these guys this is who they are right now the more i get to know them the more i see like man the lord is doing something the lord is doing something and the people that i know personally right but i wonder on a on a huge scale like it, it's it's as if church got canceled and those who wanted jesus they found jesus they found areas to come and praise and worship him just like these gatherings and those who don't care for like to grow the relationship with christ they do their own thing and it's as simple as that. It was the gray line, the gray area was no longer really there. Like you're a part of the church, you're in the church, but you're not really in a walk with Christ. Now there's no church. So it's either you go and just do your own thing or like, God, I, re- like, I miss you. I want that communion again with people. Where could I get it? And then you see this sprout naturally just out of people who want Jesus. And I find it funny because I heard this so many times from different pastors. They're like, the don't right they're indifferent about their walk of christ they don't care the youth don't care now and i was like man that, that couldn't be more wrong look at this look at this organic sprouting of of pure genuine desire for jesus we just want jesus you know um, and I, I just i i don't know what the bigger picture is i don't know what the lord is stirring up but i know revival is here i know the Lord is trying to show, okay, these mountaintop experiences are great, but the revival, I want to start in you. And that that little fire, just like in James 3, where it speaks the tongue is like a small fire, a small little flame could light an entire forest on fire. That's who we need to be. That mm-hmm. small little flame that the Holy Spirit could light just people on fire for Him, you know? And I feel like there's no, there isn't a reason to doubt this because we're seeing it happen all over the world right now yeah. when it comes to spiritual revivals. This is, We're just one, like outlet of it happening i mean there's 100%. there's there's a uh, sean fuke who's going around the in the entire u.s having those outdoor worship services with That's hundreds so cool. and even thousands of people gathering together yeah and he's I've doing that it. all I've over that yeah that. and he, and uh and then just like i feel like when we were oppressed when our uh, here in california we were really oppressed with our churches we were shut down we were told we couldn't worship like we couldn't sing i mean like who goes to church and doesn't sing like right. yeah like you, you can't like what's what's the point then just to be silent that's 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 not how we that's not how we're supposed to do things but i think in these times in these difficult times where we're oppressed and we're you know election year and there's a lot of liberal agenda that's being pushed out there there's they're they're trying to attack christians in every single way man there's everything's going on right now absolutely this is like such a wild year (laughs) but this is the time where i think this is this is the this is god's timing this is the perfect time it could have happened and if this happened any earlier i think i don't think it would have been as as beneficial or as strong if it happened any later i think it would have been too late but i think this is the year 2020 where you had a couple of people you had you know like you andrew ben kind of like have this idea start it and then you're kind of like building on it and then more people are coming more people are gathering together um i mean 
I, I started this thing. This is something that kind of came out of COVID, this came so out of 2020. Cool. Like, I love this. I, I'd love to be the official podcast of the Make Jesus Known game. Right. You know? oh, that'd not be not cool, that I have actually. much competition, but because <laughs> there's, I, I think I'm the only one. Actually, there's a couple other guys in Pennsylvania. Yeah. But, but the, yeah. But the, yeah I, I heard about them, but uh, I, I think we do a little different. But um, actually, I'll, I'll reach out to those guys soon yeah, enough. Yeah, but I think this is so cool. This is so awesome. It's such a different ministry. And what it does, and what I noticed about this is it, it, brings people together from different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So like you're from Arizona. I had a guy from uh, Seattle. Yeah. I, I'm planning on talking to a guy. There's a guy from Michigan I'm, I'm about to do uh, soon. Some guy from Texas. So it's like people from all over, people so that cool. we know that we yeah. met at the gathering and we're making plans and you you keep in touch. And then what people do is um, they tune into the episodes and they, they, they don't really listen to them in order. They're like, oh, I listened to Andrew's Phil episode, to Phil's episode, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because they know those people like, oh, yeah, I remember them from the gathering. Like, oh, here's Danny. I remember he led worship at the gathering. Let's see what he has to say. And then we're talking about this stuff. So it's so cool that we can keep in touch that way. And this is what I love about this platform that we get to, you know, it's one thing just to, you know, talk about all these different things and topics. But it's Mm -hmm. another thing to bring people together at the same time. Yeah, that's that's so big, man. And it's so important. Um, Man, I just lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? I was going to speak about. Oh, the the documentary speaking about that's right yeah the documentary the documentary bringing people together that that was a great segue this is a good segue into this this i guess vision that the holy spirit's really been putting on my heart for the last few years and only now have i really stepped up into like to have the boldness to do it you know um i don't know anything like very very little about filming about documentaries about filmography about editing and the Holy Spirit's been putting this on my heart for the longest time to set up this documentary about the heritage of where we came from, right? Where our parents and grandparents came from, from communist Romania, and how the Lord worked in their lives then, how the Lord brought them here, and how the Lord has worked in their lives here in America. And it's been awesome because I was actually in L.A. I was supposed to do the first interview with Dorin Drohora, but unfortunately there was a funeral, so he wasn't able to make it anymore. And then after that, Seattle happened, so it's been postponed just temporarily. But actually when I get back home, the first thing I'm doing is starting right back up, you know. And this is what's amazing. This is how I, I know the Holy, this is the Holy Spirit led. I was talking to my buddy David Balaj. Uh, him and I were working on this together. And... I was telling him, like, man, who should we do? What's the strategy? We decided, okay, as the first person, let's get a testimony from a pastor, someone who's known and, and kind of to show this is what we're trying to do, somebody who is who's known and has a good testimony, a known testimony. So he said, okay, let's go to that. We reached out through Andrew, actually. Uh, he told me that Dorinda Rojada has a really awesome, amazing testimony. Uh, he used to smuggle Bibles in China. Like, that, I didn't even know that. And so Andrew was like, hey, you should reach out to him. He has a really awesome testimony. And then I was like, okay, awesome, I'll reach out to him, but we don't have equipment. And then turns out Dorin Drohora's son, Dan Drohora, literally teaches film at school, yeah, at a college. At USC, I think. And I didn't even know that. And then uh, Dan Drohora's like, hey, you could use my camera anytime you're in town. We also have lighting equipment here. I'll show you everything you need to know. And I was just like, like, oh, this is so cool, man. This is so awesome. Hallelujah. God is like just aligning everything to happen. And so then the more I started talking to Dr. Hora and us expressing my vision and for this and how just the Lord is stirring these things up, he's like, dude, I have these videos of interviews that I did back in like 2005. He went into Romania and he filmed and interviewed some times of faith. I don't know his name, but this guy who wrote like over 4,000 hymnals in prison, communist prison, 
right? I forgot his name, but every our parents know him. Like it's 100%. Uh, oh, what's his name? Ah oh, man, I'm like blanking out his name right now. Oh, go ahead and I'll, if I remember it, I'll yeah. continue. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. And so he filmed. He has like I think 15. Oh, these. Richard Wormbrand. So Richard right. Wormbrand was one of. I, oh, not him. Actually, he did interview Richard Wormbrand as well. I think. Oh, so it was another guy. So it was another guy oh, who okay. he wrote a ton of, of hymnals, and he was saying, "Man, I have all these these uh, cassettes and, and films that is just stored away." And he's like, I've been praying for God to, have, you know, bring somebody who has this passion, who wants to put these out. And I've just been waiting for it. And then he's like, when I ran into you, he's like, do you want to take these and start working with these? And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Like, this is insane. Uh, we could, you know, convert them digitally and then start editing and start using these uh, interviews and start putting these out. Like, it was just so awesome how the Lord is aligning everything. It's, I mean, it, it, the Lord has his timing and everything, right? Uh, this past month and a half, I, w- I haven't been able to, because of Seattle, but now I'm getting back to work. I have to send him some equipment. I'm actually going to give him some equipment to get all the stuff digitalized. And then he's going to put, put it on a, on a external hard drive and give it to me. And then from there, he's going to start working at it. Going to start seeing where the Lord leads. And I'm going to learn how to edit because I don't know how to edit. That's awesome. Right? I, I had no idea. So. I encourage you because I had no idea how to do this stuff, man. I was not, nothing into tech. I don't know how to do sound. Yeah. And I watched like literally a two-hour tutorial and I learned how to do everything. So Dude, it's, I, I have faith that God will work through this ministry yeah. as well. You, it'll be a learning curve, but I think you'll get it down. But that's awesome, man. God's good, man. God's good. I I don't know where he's going to take this and I don't know what he's going to do with it. But I'll, all I know is that I I have YouTube and I yep. have Jesus, <laughs> right? Like, like I two essentials, yeah. a while back um, at my old church, at this point, I only started learning guitar. I think I learned to play guitar for, that was like my fifth, sixth month, right? And I felt the Lord call me to build up a, a worship team in my church. I've never led worship before. I was not very good at guitar. I didn't know anything, and I didn't really have instruments slash musicians to really work with. Everybody's from scratch or was just really not that good. And... I remember asking God, I was making every excuse why not to do it. I was like, God, I, there's this. Nobody knows how to play this instrument. I've never done this. I don't have a good guitar. Just every every excuse ever. And I remember getting this conviction where the Holy Spirit's like, okay, but what do you have? And I was like, well, I have God. And that, at that moment, that conviction just hit so hard. And so I, I pushed it. I started, I failed at first, got back at it, and just kept on going until the Lord started producing this fruit. And he just started noticing you know, the more time went on, okay, oh, I'm getting better at directing, communicating with the team. Oh, they're be- getting better at playing piano or they're getting better at cajon. You know, just stuff like that. And you just start seeing the fruits of the labor start being produced and just the Lord's hand on it. It's it's, And that's the same way I look at this. Um, I don't know what I'm doing right now, but I know the Lord will provide and I, I will get better. I will put 110% into it. Just like David had to kill a lion and a bear before he killed Goliath. I think it's a similar thing. It's like you get you grow that faith. And to, I could do this. I've done this before. Let's go and just do it again, you know? That's awesome, man. And I, I'm excited to hear about it, how the progress goes. And I think it's, and like what you said earlier about even this, it's like, it's cool to see like unique outlets on how to serve God. Mm-hmm. Like we live in a digitized age where everyone's online, everyone's yeah. on social media. And what better way, instead of trying to like preach against it and take people off of it, which is fine. I mean, if people take breaks that, you know, if, by their own conviction, but why not like try to reach people through the media, try to reach people and draw people together and bring them together yeah. and then hear the stories that you're going to tell about people that we, that we know about, but don't truly know about. See, that's why I want, I believe there's such a gap and such a, 
I guess a gap is the best word to put it between the older generation and the younger generation. We have this, I guess, this understanding that, oh, Romanian, Romanian community, Romanian culture, oh, this is a tradition. How you language barrier, yeah. Right, there's yeah. also the language barrier, and we don't fully understand what they went through. And this is so much on my heart because I love hearing stories and testimonies from people, how, you know, how they came from Romania. I love hearing stories from my dad of, from his childhood. And I remember thinking, man, if only we all, like this youth, had all these stories heard from these people who've gone through some crazy stuff in communist time and the Lord brought them here and gave us this opportunity to live in, in America, the great, I believe the greatest country in the world, you mm-hmm. know? And I think it, it's, it's so important to bridge that gap. And I think this is a, a way the Lord wants to use it. Yeah, and the Bible even tells us we should learn, the old should teach the young. Yeah, and 100%. And I think you met, you, I don't know if I'm quoting you, you said this Monday night, you said that, you know, I'm tired of hearing stories about how the older generation, how God's working the older generation. Yeah. I want to see it happen today. Ben said that. Ben said oh, Ben that. said that. And that okay. stuck to yeah. me too, man. That, that was so good. He's like, I'm tired of just hearing our parents, you know, miracles. I want to hear about our miracles. And I love it. And I love, I think there's great on both sides. We need to hear their miracles and we need to be encouraged to see our miracles as well. And I, I, I'm just, I'm so excited. I get, I get, I'm really passionate about this. I guess I could talk about this forever. I'm so excited to see what the Lord wants to do, you know? Um, and the Lord has been using, I've, so I've been noticing this. I'm, I'm curious if you noticed this too. He's been using the most unconventional ways to reach people now. Like worship outside where 400 people come and it's just someone has it on their heart. They speak three, four minutes. Then we go into a prayer, into worship. It's just, it's it's out of the norm. We don't really do this. And then next it's like uh, the podcast. I'm sure so many people have been reached out with this podcast. Then this documentary, Delora wants to start working with this and he's working and brewing and stirring things up. It's just so cool how the Lord is expanding ministries outside of just a pastor and a worship leader, if that makes sense. Outside the four walls of a church. Exactly. They, they kick us out of the church, but guess what? We're bringing the church to the world. Hallelujah. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, as we're wrapping this episode up, Danny, um, I know we kind of connected all this to this this larger gathering that we're trying to keep going. We're yeah. trying to maintain. Um, what is if you had to make it in one statement? What is what is your vision for? Um, and I'm sure we talked about it earlier, but what is your one statement vision about this gathering? What do you want to see happen in this Romanian slash American youth? As of right now, man, I think I think it's great to learn from from our parents and there's a lot of stuff great stuff that we can learn from our parents and from a lot of leaders but at the same time we also I think we're in and Eddie Svengel said this so perfectly we cannot us Romanian American youth we cannot be in a better place right now we have the eastern uh, European work ethic and hustle and grind and Romanians are some of like you majority of the Romanian Romanians you see they're like they have money Right, we're our hustlers, and at the same time, we have the Western theology here. We have the understanding of of what and who God is, and how He's working, and and we understand things at that point. And I believe a walk with Christ is a mix between doxology and theology, right? The praise of God and the understanding of God. And so, what we could do right now is we need to take the good from the Americans, the good from our Romanians and our parents, and we have to bring those together. We have to be that change, that difference, right? Uh, we have to learn from their mistakes as well. I mean, there's been plenty of mistakes, and I'm going to be blunt. Like, for example, look at all the church splits in a lot of different states. We could and should do better, mm-hmm. and we could grow 
Not whether I get hate for that or not, we 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 have to get better. This at a certain point, we have to get past the maturity. We haven't we've limited to a certain maturity in the Romanian community, and I think as this up and coming generation, we have that ability to pass it and allow the Lord to do something amazing with this community. You know. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see I'm what's too, what's going to happen. I'm excited for Phoenix um, 2021 for New Year's. I think that's going to be great. Yes, sir. You heard it here first, guys. It's going to be <laughs> Phoenix 2021, uh, sponsored by the official podcast of the Make Me Just Known during the Potter's House. <laughs> awesome. Well, Danny, good. thank you so much for being here. I Thanks know. I know. Me, we. Man. I caught you at a good time uh, while you were in town. Um, is there? So, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Uh, as of right now, just. My Instagram is the best the best place, just Daniel underscore Valian. Perfect, that's, and that's I will I will tag you on the promo video that I release, or uh, the promo audio yeah, yeah. picture thing that I release every single Hallelujah. week. Hallelujah, praise God, man. And, I appreciate uh, it, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here. And as far as the podcast goes, uh, you can follow us at uh, on our Instagram, at The Potter's House. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at our email, uh, thepottershouse at gmail.com. You can... Uh, subscribe uh and we're available on itunes spotify wherever you can find podcasts if you are if you do have an iphone if you do listen to itunes please go to the podcast app scroll down tap on the stars it really helps with the exposure of the podcast on the app uh, also you, you can leave a written review um i really appreciate it for the feedback i think it'd be great and i will definitely read those even if you listen on spotify please go to the podcast app scroll down tap the stars and I would greatly appreciate that. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I will physically see you in Phoenix 2021. Hallelujah. But if not, uh, we will see you next week. Thank you, guys. Peace.